0: Hey guys, welcome back to another
1: episode of Sip With Me. I'm your host, Ioana Keikados. And I'm your host, Erin Carlson. we release releasing an episode for you every Monday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, which means you can listen to us during your commute, after work workout, or even enjoy a drink with us during your very own Monday night happy hour.
0: And who doesn't like to have a little fun on a Monday night? Don't forget to subscribe, review, and share our show.
1: And be sure to follow us at SipWithMe underscore for the latest episode updates, news, and all of our favorite cocktail concoctions.
0: Hey guys, and welcome to the third episode of season four. For this week's cocktail, we are so excited to be featuring bartender Mia, also known as Cocktail by Mia on Instagram. She shares with us her
2: favorite cocktail that she calls It's All Coming Up Roses. Take it away, Mia. Hi, my name is Mia, and I'm the voice behind Cocktails by Mia on Instagram. I'm based out of Montreal, and back in September, we had our second lockdown, which was announced. And I'm sure that you can imagine that that made my Libra self very happy, as it meant that I was going to be celebrating my birthday this year in my apartment with the possibility of having up to one guest over. So I made the best of it. I invited one of my closest friends, and we had cocktail night as a result of this evening, I experimented with various different drinks and came up with one of my all-time favorites, which is something that I call the It's All Coming Up Roses. This is a type of rose petal sour, and it's surprisingly easy to make, so here are the ingredients you're going to need for this one. You're going to start off by pouring one ounce and a half of vanilla vodka in a shaker. You will then add a dash of vermouth, followed by one ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. And I do recommend using real lemons for this one, as it does make all the difference. Um, then you will add half an ounce to an ounce of rose syrup. So if you have a sweet tooth, stick to the full ounce. And then you'll add a couple of drops of rose water, followed by an egg white. You're going to Close your shaker and shake for 30 seconds before adding ice and shaking for another 30 seconds. Uh, so you will then pour the contents out into a coupe glass and garnish with edible rose petals uh, to make the presentation look really nice. If you do not feel comfortable using egg whites, you can skip the step and shake all the contents of the cocktail for 45 seconds with ice before pouring it out in the glass and garnishing with edible rose petals. So I hope that you enjoyed this cocktail, and for similar recipes to this one, please make sure to go check out Cocktails by Mia on Instagram.
1: So grab your It's All Coming Up Roses, and let's dive into this week's Rosé interview.
0: Welcome back to the episode. This week, we are joined by Jessica, the general manager of Brooklyn Winery, which is a boutique urban winery set in the heart of Williamsburg, neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, The successful founding and expansion of the business has been due to the team's passion for winemaking and the dedication behind the founder's vision. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming. We are so excited to have you on. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you
3: so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited. um, I have a secret dream
1: of being a podcast host. So oh, yeah. Omg. Out. <laughs> Yay, you should do it. Oh my gosh, it seems so like confusing and hard to get into, but like I have no background in any of this stuff, and it just you just kind of do it and you have fun with it. Yeah. So yeah. that's how they do it. Um. So to get started, right off the bat, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your position, how you came to be at the winery and then tell us about the winery.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for myself, I've been with the winery for going on, um, eight or nine years. So Mm. for a while, um, the winery itself has, um, we just had our 10 year anniversary in um, Oh, wow. So that was exciting. A very big milestone. Um, yeah, so we, we, um, we opened with the thought of John Styers and Brian Leventhal are our, our owners. And um, before they opened the winery, they worked in a different uh, field altogether and they did a team building um, exercise where they went out to New Jersey uh, to do a make your own wine facility. Mm-hmm. And that really inspired them. And they are like, why don't they have that in New York? You know, New York has everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of is where the inspiration came from. And, and, um, and that's how it opened um, originally. Um, And then we hired our amazing winemaker, Connor McCormack um, from California, and quickly realized that making your own wine facility was um, better just to let our winemaker do its own amazing thing. So from there, it sort of evolved. And in the first couple of years, uh, people were like, Hey, can we have our wedding here? And, um, the owners weren't originally thinking, um, of that, but they were like, yeah, let's do it. And then, Mm -hmm. um, in the first couple of years, we sort of became this premier wedding venue, um, in Brooklyn and in the city, um. So and then we're just chugging along, uh, and then in twenty seventeen we actually opened our sister winery in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Not sure if you're familiar. It's a gorgeous, beautiful uh, location. Yeah, um, and they built that from the ground up, so they were able to really, you know, like oh. you know, learn everything yeah. that we we did in Brooklyn and and take it to D.C. Um, and uh, they're sort of a, a wedding and a winery and a restaurant and all of that. Um, Um, yeah so that was a lot of information sorry
1: no (laughs) it's great so so I have a question so I've been to Napa Sonoma Paso Robles like how does a like winery work in the middle of I've also been to Brooklyn (laughs) how does a winery work in Brooklyn like how is it different from maybe like a conventional picture that people might envision when they think of winemaking
3: yeah, exactly. That's, that's everyone's first thought. Like the idea of a winery in Brooklyn is very confusing because there's obviously no vineyards in the streets. Yeah. Like <laughs> so how does that work? Um, that sort of makes us really unique in being an urban winery. We're able to sort of pick and choose where we want to buy the grapes mm. um, which is quite a benefit because we're able to really get creative and source grapes from a variety of locations, um, to make a really, you know, exciting portfolio for our winemaker. Um, so yeah, we have partner vineyards that we work with in the Finger Lakes in North Fork. Um, Mm -hmm. we get a, a lot of our reds from California. Um, we do get, you know, some fruit from Washington state. So we're basically, Working with vineyards, um, buying the grapes, they get transported here on a refrigerated truck, and then we do everything um, on site once the grapes arrive um, everything from the G stemming all the way to the bottling. So that's all done right on site. But yeah, everyone is very confused. They're like, wait, you make your own wine here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool
0: if we could do that in Brooklyn. I
3: mean, I would like that, but. Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: Kind of going off of that, um, obviously with like the current situation in the, in the world with the pandemic, um, a lot of businesses are kind of either suffering or have had to kind of really change the way they do things. Um, for Brooklyn Winery, what has really changed for you guys? Obviously, like people aren't able to really come in and, and do things, but I'd love to really hear about what what that process looks like now.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's um, obviously COVID impacted everyone across the board. Um, for us, it was, we were primarily a wedding venue that hosted big weddings where everyone was dancing and drinking. Um, so we had to really you know, shift from that. Um, and when we reopened in July of 2020, we were able to reopen with an outdoor space, um, mm. which we've never had before. Um, so that was actually really exciting and fun that we were able to, you know, like pivot from being uh, a wedding venue to this, you know, restaurant that was like really busy and um, and popular. Um, and I think in that time, everyone was just like wanting to experience something, you know, they were yeah. like, sick <laughs> of sitting in their apartment drinking. I feel that. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> Like,
3: I just want to like, if I go to a winery, I will experience, you know, the, the wine and the winemaking and be able to really just like, you know, have some sort of culture and, um, something, you know, to look forward to. So that was, that was very positive, um in terms of, you know, this whole very difficult year. Um, Obviously we cannot wait to host our big, beautiful weddings again, which hopefully will happen soon. Um, And another thing is I told you we, uh, yeah, we launched virtual events. Um, So we, in November, we did this full, you know, took it to the next level we got like live streaming equipment and we have a tech we have a gaming platform that's awesome really like took it to the next level and wanted to yeah so that was new we went from (laughs) a tv studio so that was new for me but um you know we're we're constantly trying to just pivot and adjust and that's definitely been you know the most um challenging part um but uh but it's brought a lot of new and exciting things to learn so
1: do you do you do like how do you primarily sell your wine is it mostly on site do you do like a like a subscription service like mailing
3: yeah yeah so we um most of our wine is for our events and our restaurants uh we do sell our wine online um and we ship across the country so um it's delicious. Definitely check that out. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, we will.
3: <laughs> uh, and we also have, we do a wine club. So we do quarterly lease um, shipments. If you sign up um, where every quarter you get a box of wine, that's exciting. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mostly, um, that's mostly how you can enjoy our wine. <laughs> So
0: I would love to know kind of what your background is and kind of how you got into um, the wine industry and like, do you yeah. love wine? What's kind of your inspiration behind it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I went to uh theater school originally, um, uh, and, uh, was a famous actress and I decided, you know what, <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just have always been in hospitality ever since, you know, I was in, in high school and, um, really, truly love food and wine. Um, eventually I married a chef, so, you know, that, oh my gosh, that's
2: wow. so cool. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and I, I, um, I went to a sommelier school um, just because I, I always loved wine. Nice. It was always just, like, very fascinating. Um, the fact that, like, each bottle is its, like, own little time capsule. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, so – I loved it. So interesting. Um, so I went to sommelier school, and then I was also in hospitality and events. And then um, I found the job at Brooklyn Winery, which was events and wine. And it was, like, these are my two favorite things. And so that, that was, like, a, a, um, a dream job for me, so.
1: And then, like, what does the future hold for the winery? Like, we've made it through this tumultuous year. Like, what do you guys have any more plans to expand, offer new things? Are you kind of trying to just focus on like your core competencies right now? Like, what's the yeah. what's the vision plan right now?
3: Yeah. Well, we we feel very fortunate that we were able to get through. You know this. Um, this time in hospitality, a lot of businesses were um, were struggling and, and we were able to get through and make it through and we're still um, going strong. So we feel really fortunate on that. And we just want to focus on what we do best. We're really feeling positive that 2021 will be a better year, (laughs) (laughs) Um, hopefully. (laughs) So we want to just focus on what we do best um, in our two locations, as well as our expansion was more in the virtual um, event land. Um, Mm. So that... um, that has been sort of as we picture it like our you know expanding um into the the virtual world um but for for brooklyn and districts we really want to just focus on what we do best um hopefully doing lots of events and our restaurants and just you know hospitality in general so
0: i know you kind of touched on uh, virtual wine tastings but i'd love for you to kind of talk to our audience about what that looks like um and kind of what it what is the process of the whole wine tasting
3: yeah, so we do um, we do several types of virtual events, um, several types of packages. Basically, you, we send you a beautiful box of wine. You can have different add-ons like snacks or cheese and charcuterie or um, other sort of fun mm-hmm. things.
1: Um, we Our do-
3: favorite. Wine and cheese, the best. Yep.
2: Um
3: we do one that's just like a classic wine tasting um but we incorporate a lot of like really fun interactive elements um as i said we do it's we call it our gaming platform so we'll do like different interactive polls some are just classic you mm-hmm. know wine tasting questions you know like what type of aromas are you getting and other are like really fun questions like what kind of activity do you want to do or what's your dream meal to eat with this so you know, just new and fun and exciting ways to learn about wine and to taste wine and to make it, you know, everyone has like Zoom fatigue, um, but this isn't just like a Zoom call. It's definitely next level. It's really fun. Our hosts are amazing and funny and hilarious. And um, we try to make it, you know, more interactive and, and engaging, um, so there's that, and then we also do a wine games, which is more fun, and there's wine trivia, and there's wine and pop culture trivia, and um, there's like a make your own label contest, so um, some some fun things. So that's um, that's what we built out for for holidays, and it was very successful, and it's really fun, and we're really proud of of that. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. So you you kind of do everything that like i could like want from a business like you have food you have wine you do events you'd have like other fun like quirky things that you add that must be positive to have in a neighborhood like brooklyn where there's so many people there's so many different things you can experience this seems like it really to me like it seems like it's pretty core to williamsburg um How are you guys connected to the surrounding community? Um, how do you give back like what's that kind of like relationship with with all the residents?
3: Yeah, um I would say that um, what sets us apart not to toot our own horn or anything, but we really focus on a personal approach, truly like get you know um, giving hospitality its best name um, And with our weddings and our restaurants, you know, like really giving that personal touch and you're not just another person, you're not just another wedding couple, like we really care and we really want to give the best experience possible. Um, in terms of giving back for me personally, I would say that I really, as a leader and as a boss, like I really pride us in having a very positive work environment. Like I feel like we've worked really hard to have a, a safe and a happy place for our staff to work. And I, that gives me a lot of pride. Um, and other things we did, you know, in, in back in, in March, um, when everything shut down and we, that was obviously, um, very, very difficult time, but, uh, cause it just came on so suddenly, you know, yeah. um, we, and we love our staff so much. So we raised um, money for our, our team and we packaged wow. um, groceries and delivered, you know, boxes of groceries to all of our team that we had to, to lay off during that time. So that was, um, that felt, you know, was, was a really um, awesome thing to do um, just to, you know, like, try to try to get through it you know and we did <laughs> um and then other things that you know and um, back when we were doing tons of weddings we worked with um a company called rescuing leftover cuisine and um we would donate all of our leftover wedding food or any like food that we weren't going to use to um to this and they would uh give it out to shelters and and hungry um people in need in the area so um that that made everyone so happy because you know with weddings it's like so hard to waste yep. right mm-hmm. so that yeah. uh, that made all of our couples feel really good that it like knowing that that food was not going in the garbage it was going to people in need um, and I for me personally I would like get I would love packaging up like leftover wedding cake and imagining like someone who was hungry enjoying this like decadent piece of cake that gave me a lot of joy <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are some ways but yeah we we definitely want to like believe in in community and, and supporting each other and, and, and all of that
0: That's amazing. And I think like we've discussed this too, during the pandemic, like you've, so many people have been more exposed to so many different small businesses and to be able to see that you guys have been giving back. And even though you had to let go of employees, you still cared. Um, it's so great to see. And, and it, it's like a, a little bit of hope and like yeah. <laughs> there's really good people out there um, who have these small businesses and it's, it's really great. I would love to know, do you guys have a recommendation for someone who's maybe new to wine and do you have a favorite kind of wine that you guys produce?
3: Those are great questions. <laughs>
0: um,
3: I would say if you're new to wine, um, to not be scared, um, you know, like go to your, you know, go to your local restaurant or wine shop, and to say like, "Hey, I want to try something." Maybe say a few things about what you like, and and just explore, and and to not be sometimes, and that's one thing we love to do is like break down the barrier of thinking like wine is like only for like you know hoity-toity type of yeah, like, you yep. know. Like, um, we really like to break down those barriers and just like, you know, like make it casual and fun. And um, so I would say, don't be scared and just try. And um, You might learn something new or something that you like. Um, for me, picking my, that's, I, that's the most difficult question. My <laughs> favorite line, it definitely depends on the season or the mood.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I can
3: do three. I can do top okay. three. I would say one of our favorites is our Blanc de Blanc, which is a sparkling wine.
0: Oh. Uh, made
3: in method champenoise, um, if you like the French um, style. Yeah. Uh, so it is really beautiful. It has these like really nice acidity with like notes of um, like brioche and um Mm. it's just amazing so for any celebration you have to have that sounds perfect (laughs) um and then we uh our dry rosé is very very popular um rosé all day if you will Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and we just bottled our new rosé so I'm so excited to try it for it's just like is like the hope of spring and summer is like it's coming. Um, and then for our reds, I would say our Old Vines and It's from Lodi. Oh yes. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping
1: you'd say you have a good <laughs> bit- <laughs> oh, yay.
3: <laughs> it's delicious. Um, after I had my baby, it was the first glass of wine I had. So oh, I feel my like God. That's a good indication. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, I was asking cause we're going to definitely <laughs> be placing an order. We love wine. Uh, <laughs> Our whole friendship is basically surrounded by wine, so that's yeah. why I wanted to make sure we were choosing like the best.
3: You're right? Yeah. No. This it's it's really full and velvety. It's got like notes of baking spices and a little bit of jammy and fruitiness.
1: And, mm. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling some type of way right now. <sighs> I have two, okay. I have two random questions while we still have you here. Um, number one. I have a lot. So we're, Iwana, you're 26, right? Yeah, unfortunately. We're both 26. (laughs) And a. I have a lot of young friends that like over the years, like early on, like when they start drinking wine, they really only drink like really sweet whites. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are afraid of reds. But then over the years, like everybody shifts over time. Right. Is there like a reason for that? Is there like, Is it a taste thing is it like a cultural thing like what's the deal that's
3: that's interesting so all of our wine is dry bone dry meaning there's no residual sugar in it um so but um a lot of times people will think like for the Zin, for example um when you smell it you have like it gives you sweet thoughts because it's like smells like spices so it like smells sweet so it might be deceiving um And we have a Riesling that's bone dry and a lot of people are like, no, I hate Riesling. And we're like, try this. It's delicious. (laughs) I would say if people, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's just a maturity um, of of the palate perhaps where you're just like, at at some point you're um, you want more of a a drier wine. I don't, I don't know for sure, but Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. I do know a lot of times for, for our wines, like we really, um, break down those like perceptions because people think like the Riesling is going to be sweet and ours is dry. We have an un Chardonnay and a lot of people are like, I mm. hate Chardonnay and we're like, try this. It's not oaky, buttery, yeah. it's delicious. Interesting. And so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, that's a good question. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and then my second question is, what is the proper way to sip wine? Because I grew up and was taught to like swish it, aerate it. Mm. And then like, you know, let it sit for a couple of seconds and then swallow it. Yeah. Like, you know, again, young people like they chug a quarter of a glass, <laughs> sip it down, and they tasted nothing. <laughs> like, am I doing it right? Is there a proper method or like an yeah, the standard? There absolutely
3: is. So, the, um, my assembly teacher always said, you know, the first sip is always the wrong sip because it's going to shock your palate, right? So, you want to take at least three sips to truly taste the wine. Hmm. Um, God, I wish I had a glass of wine right here. I could show <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Not all this talk about wine. So um on your second um sip, you wanna really swish it through your mouth, like actually like mouthwash. If you're really tasting wine, you wanna like pin it all up in your grill. Um, and then and then on the third um sip, you can really feel, you know, um, if you're having some tingling on the sides of your mouth, that's acidity. If you're feeling that dryness on your taste buds, that's gonna be some tannin. Um, so then you're really able to, like, distinguish what are the flavor profiles of the wine.
1: Mm, oh my gosh, I learned so much. <laughs> Thank you. Wine, right? <laughs> Ioana, do you have any last questions? I just had a question and I completely forgot. It's <laughs> a wine.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, um, I don't know if it's going to come back to me. Um, but I would love to know just so our viewers can know as well, our listeners, um, where they can find you guys on social. Um, and are you guys, are you guys super active on social? Has that been like another platform for you guys to reach people?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. We're very, um, we're very, very active on social on Instagram or Facebook, um, on Instagram, um, at bkwinery.com. I think it's, oh, I should know this. Our sister winery is, um. Can you edit this out? Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can.
3: <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just, it's districtwinery.com. Yeah. So our websites are bkwinery.com um, at bkwinery uh, on Instagram or Facebook, and our sister winery is District Winery. Um, you can get on Instagram, Facebook.
1: yes and definitely everyone we will um we'll share all those links i would recommend everyone to check out the website because there is a hearty amount of information that is like really easy to read it's there's a lot of educational material and then a breakdown of like okay you want to do the virtual if you're in north dakota or do you want to have your wedding in two years and you are up in queens so like definitely check out the website for sure. Oh, yeah. Do it all. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it, Jessica. Thank you so very much. Thank you much. so much. Um, a it's thousand beautiful. cheers to you. Yes.
3: Cheers.
1: Uh, and continued health and success this year. Um, and Ioana is a. I don't know, a semi-New York native. I was in New York. I lived in New York pre-COVID, so yes, so yeah. uh, we will, I will def- be back.: Yes, <laughs> we will be back and we will be visiting. Uh, yeah. so yeah,. We travel we'll yes.: Well, thank you so much. It was, it was really fun. Thank
3: you.
1: Thank you.: <laughs> This is Sip with Me News. I'm Erin Carlson, and I'm Juana Kikados. Here are the things you need to know from this week's headlines. White House Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow was suspended for a week without pay last week after he reportedly made sexist and even profane threats at a journalist seeking to cover his relationship with another reporter at the news outlet Axios. The story comes just weeks after Biden administration officials began their new jobs and the Deputy Press Secretary's job could already be in jeopardy.
0: A judge's decision to deny Britney Spears' father increased power over her affairs was a rare move that could indicate diminished faith in Jamie Spears' fitness for the role. The Thursday ruling by Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Brenda Penny denied James Spears objections to sharing monetary control over the conservatorship with a financial institution. Spears is the subject of the recent Hulu documentary Framing Britney Spears, which portrays her as a powerless subject following what has been described as a public meltdown. The ruling was not a total victory for Britney Spears, but signals the court chipping away at the sole control that Jamie has enjoyed over Britney and her affairs for the past many, many years.
1: And in international news, mass street demonstrations in Myanmar entered their second week Saturday with neither protesters nor the military government they seek to unseat, showing any signs of backing down from confrontations. The military ousted the country's leader and prevented recently elected lawmakers from opening a new session of parliament. Senior members of the government remain in detention, and the Juta said it was forced to act because the government failed to properly investigate allegations of fraud in last year's election, which the National League for Democracy Party won in a landslide.
0: And shifting gears to weather, this winter blast is going to get worse with dangerous weather reaching nearly every region of the country, including a historic storm in Texas. In the Pacific Northwest, a major winter storm is bringing heavy snow and freezing rain to Portland and Seattle. And even on the East Coast, another major storm is bringing freezing rain, sleet, and snow. By Monday morning, a heavy wintry mix will also move across Houston and into Louisiana and Mississippi. Travel will be very dangerous as ice accumulates in the region.
1: And those are your headlines for the week. Be sure to tune in next week for the news you need to know. Hashtag Free Britney.
0: Thanks for listening to Sip With Me with Ioana and Aaron. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, sipwithme.org. There you can find our recently released cocktail book as well as other exciting Sip With Me content.
1: And if you love our podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social at sipwithme underscore. Join us next week for episode four, when we'll hear about InBoo's cocktail infusions, an easy and healthy way to keep the cocktails coming.